listening to CTO Bob with Bob Pellerin. Welcome to episode two. Today we'll be talking about viruses. When I chat with executives, viruses come up a lot. What they are, why would anyone make one, and so forth. I'd like to welcome Michael Kraft of AVG Technologies. He'll help me today explore the wonderful worlds of viruses, malware, and rootkits. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, Michael, I'd like you to start by explaining what a virus is. Yeah, absolutely. So, basically, a virus, uh, it's a malicious piece of software. It has the ability to self-replicate itself. Uh, that way, it has, uh, then it has the ability to spread across either entire computer system, uh, entire network, and usually they're going to come from an outside source. Uh, in the past, they would come from maybe a floppy disk or even a flash drive that uh, gets stuck into a computer, but uh, now... Uh, viruses come from, can come from anywhere. Uh, you can get them just from browsing the internet. I like to describe viruses a lot of times uh, just to make it easier to understand how they work. It's uh, very similar to a virus that uh, you or I could get, viruses that can affect a human body system where you're going to come in contact with it somewhere uh, from the outside world. Uh, it's going to get into your system. It's going to go unnoticed at first. Uh, you're not going to uh, have any symptoms, but it, over time, it's going to start spreading throughout your system, and then uh, it's going to make you uh, pretty sick. And it's going to do this, essentially the same thing to a computer. You know, if it does go unnoticed on a computer system, it is going to spread. Uh, it's going to bring that computer down, uh, whether it's just one machine or even if it spreads across an entire network. So if it goes untreated, it really can make machines unusable, bring down entire networks, and uh, put that device under the control of whoever it was that actually created the virus. I'd really like to get into why someone would create one of these. But before we do, could you please talk about the different names there are. There's viruses, malware, rootkits, Trojan horses. Could you please address that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you brought up malware and uh, malware tends to lump together a bunch of different types of malicious software, uh, including viruses. Uh, so you could have Trojan horses, uh, worms, rootkits, uh, all these different pieces of malicious software all can be summed up as malware. I mean, they all have different types of threats, all can do different things within a system, uh, whereas a virus is self-replicating. A uh, Trojan might uh, get into a system looking like one thing, but there's actually something else on the inside. A uh, worm can kind of dig in and uh, do harm. Rootkits can also kind of get themselves into an operating system and then uh, do a lot of damage. So uh, there's a lot of different components. Uh, even spam uh, that you receive uh, via email uh, can contain a lot of threats that can then be installed on a system. Remote tools even. Uh, sometimes something can come in... Uh, you know, virtually undetected, and then give whoever the creator was the ability to actually take control of the device and uh, actually go through and do some malicious things to even use the device as a zombie to attack others. Yeah, as kids, we were told, don't take candy from strangers. And you know, with, with computer software, it's a lot of the same way. A lot of ways to prevent yourself from actually getting some of these threats is, you know, maybe not to download something from an unknown source or go to a site that... Uh, you, know, you might not typically have heard of, or you're probably not going to want to go to that site. And you know, a lot of these threats can come from anywhere. Uh, they can come from downloads. They can come from just accessing a site. Uh, they can come from emails. Uh, like I said a minute ago with the spam. You know, like viruses, malware. Uh, they're used to do. They're all used to do harm. Uh, it can turn your computer into a zombie. It can be used to do the hacker's bidding. It can be used to steal valuable information, uh, bank account numbers, social security numbers. Uh, just about any kind of personal information that's on your device can be stolen from one of these hackers with any one of these malicious pieces of software. When I first started in this industry, if I would have been asked who the typical creator of a virus was, I probably would have thought of a, a mad genius somewhere in his basement who's looking at existing products, is finding some lax programming standards, is finding a lot of bugs and things like drivers and, and components and plugins, etc. Now, today... 
who's the typical producer of a virus or of a malware, and what do they get out of it? What is their purpose? Anyone with pretty decent amount of computer knowledge uh, can kind of look into the code and kind of figure out, oh, I could do that, or I could change things around here. But typically, uh, the, these malicious viruses that you get infected with are uh, usually done by cyber criminals. They're used to steal you know, information, money, also used just to spy on the user, see uh, where they're going and uh, maybe their browsing habits or their shopping habits. And then also used to you know get into their bank accounts or you know steal credit cards from these sites. So it is typically cyber criminals that create these. Uh, sometimes they come from overseas. Uh, they're often hard to track. In every episode, I like to tell a story from the field. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to skip that because you're going to address it directly. Now, there's a new type of virus out there which encrypts your data, in effect stealing it or preventing you from using it, and then asks for a ransom. I got to see this virus firsthand several weeks ago to clients. It not only took the laptop and encrypted the data, it also took the server and proceeded to take the backup that was connected to that server. Could you talk a little about the CryptoLocker virus? It's a virus that's been spreading pretty frequently and uh, pretty widespread right now. And it actually comes in an email that looks legitimate. So within that email, there's an attachment. And within that attachment, there's an executable file that will actually uh, go in and encrypt all of your files and folders on your computer and make it so that you cannot access uh, any of the information uh, that you typically have access to. The only way to actually get access to those files is by paying these criminals, is by actually wiring them money overseas. So, uh, you know, they are cyber criminals that are out there right now, and they uh, typically do come from overseas uh, with the viruses. And uh, like I did say, they are hard to track. I can tell you from firsthand experience, the data is very well encrypted. So you better have some good backups. It's one of those things where once you get it, it's kind of uh, very hard to get rid of. And unless you have a backup, you know, it's almost impossible to get all your stuff back. With AVG, we do detect the original version of it. We detect variants of it, but there's always new variants coming out. Many corporations and even individuals have firewalls with built-in antivirus. I'm finding that a small percentage of those are under the impression they don't need an antivirus internally on the devices. I'm also finding that some individuals have a false sense of security. They have an antivirus they'll go ahead and they'll open up those zip files, those executable they're getting by email just to see what they are. And some of them really don't worry about what that could do to their computer. I worry about things like zero hour, which means that it's a new variant of a virus that has just appeared. And usually that is when you are vulnerable. In the antivirus industry, it's it's a never-ending battle uh, between us antivirus companies and these cyber criminals and hackers that are creating these viruses where you know we'll, we'll detect what's going on, we'll figure out how to put a stop to them, We'll put out a definition update that sends out uh, updates to all the devices that will actually put a stop to it and will actually detect these viruses. Uh, so then the hacker has to get back to work and then they have to make changes to their code and everything. And then they'll point out that variant. And then, you know, once again, we have to then combat that variant. So, you know, a lot of times it is a never ending battle, especially like you said, with the zero hour threats where, you know, they'll throw it out there immediately. And, you know, even if you have the most up to date version of your antivirus software, we don't know what's going to come. We don't know what's happening out there until it happens. So you'd still have to be very cautious with your web browsing. You can't just assume that I have antivirus, everything's protected, because there's always new viruses coming out every day. I don't want to get into trade secrets, and I certainly don't want to bore anyone with the uh, extreme details, but could you perhaps take us behind the scenes and explain to us a little about how your company reacts to new threats? Here at ABG, we have over... 155 million users worldwide, uh, whether it's our free versions of our products or our paid versions of our products. But there's millions of users out there 
everyone's doing their own web browsing, everyone's going to different sites and picking up different viruses or different variants of viruses. So by having that large of a customer base and having that many devices checking back in with us and feeding us that information, we're able to then stay one step ahead of the game. You know, we can actually see something before it starts to spread and start to create those new virus definitions to combat that and then start distributing those to all of our users. So we kind of put a stop to that virus before it spreads. Uh, that's one of the nice things about having our free product out there because our free users can then actually help us to create our definitions. I can but imagine that you have an army of people out there that seek the viruses and then will uh, poke and prod them to figure out how they work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we do have an army of people, like you said, uh, that push and prod and inspect. We have, Of course, we have all our users out there that feed us information, but then we also have our own team uh, that actually go out and try to find these new threats and then do everything that we can to combat those. So, yeah, absolutely, we do have a team of, of experts that actually go out and purposely try to get infected so that way we can then take a look at the coding and take a look at that virus and see what we can do to uh, put a stop to that and push it out in our virus definitions. Could you share with us your suggestions on how to stay safe online? You know, number one preventative thing that you can do to have your computer protected is have a good antivirus product installed. That's that's probably the very first thing that you need to do to make sure that your devices stay protected. It's also very important uh, to make sure that the product is up to date. And like I've mentioned uh, we're constantly putting out new updates uh, whenever we find new viruses. Uh, so if your device is not up to date with those updates, you could still be unprotected against those new threats. So you definitely want to make sure that your antivirus uh, is completely up to date as well. And um, you know, as more and more viruses evolve, more and more viruses are released, you know, a all AV companies will typically push out updates to stop these new and ever-changing threats. And you know, education is key too for users. You know, be smart with your web browsing habits. Uh, don't go to untrusted sites. Don't share your personal information. Don't shop or download from unknown sources. And, uh, you know, and also want to make sure your stuff is backed up. You know, make sure that you have uh, all your information on your device uh, stored elsewhere as well. That way, if for some reason something were to happen and your device did get infected, you don't lose all your information that you've already, you know, you already have it up, up, whether it be in the cloud or backed up on premise somewhere. At least it's protected and at least you can still access all that information. We covered that some viruses come in through email. Is it possible for you to mention other methods that they get in and how you could prevent that? For example, I've seen things like viruses going through VPN, virtual private networks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, having that AV installed is crucial. There's a misconception out there that if you're not using a Microsoft operating system, that you're immune to viruses. And by that, I mean products such as Apple's and Linux. Now, with all the mobile devices out there that run iOS and that run the Android operating system, do you tell us about how they should protect themselves? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the biggest myths about Mac products. And, uh, you know, truthfully, there have been viruses around for years on, on Macs, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's simply not true. Uh, viruses uh, that target Apple products... You know, like I said, have been around for years, and in the past, you didn't hear much about them. Macs getting infected um, because most viruses are, or Macs typically you would not hear about getting infected because most viruses are written for Windows operating systems. Also, Macs weren't as popular as Windows. You know, you didn't hear about as many people using Macs as you have now. Uh, so, with that growing popularity and of of Mac users, and with these you know, cyber criminals and hackers, and they're changing the way they do their business as well, and it's it's pretty rapid. Uh, so, there are more and more viruses that are coming out. A focus on attacking Mac operating systems, and uh, even like you said, Linux. I mean, even Linux is not completely safe out there either. Uh, the actual rootkits uh, that you typically see on Windows machines were developed originally uh, to attack Linux devices. Actually, the word "root" comes from the super user on a Linux device. So, you know, Macs and Linux are definitely not um, 
safe from, from from viruses and threats. Could we spend a few minutes directly talking about mobile devices, tablets, the iOSs out there, and the Androids? Yeah, absolutely. That is, that, that is a, a growing space out there, and there are more and more threats out there. So you definitely want to make sure you know even those mobile devices are protected: uh, iPhones, iPads, uh, Android devices. Um, you know, whether they be tablets or phones, uh, they can definitely become infected. The IBG has a suite of products out there for, for mobile devices, and it's, it's also a growing threat, just like with the Mac operating systems. Most of the people listening to this podcast own corporations or work for corporations, and they'll probably be using that edition. But can you please highlight some of the benefits to using the corporate edition versus the free edition? You know, the free product is great for home users. Uh, they just need that basic level of protection. But when it comes to business environments, uh, you do need more than it was offered through the free product. You know, like I said, we have the 155 million active user base that we have with ABG Worldwide, and they're great at you know, going out and detecting threats, threats all over the place. But you know, with that free version being on a business product, it's not going to offer the same level of protection that you would actually need in a business environment. Uh, just a couple of things that are part of our paid version that are not included in the free version. We have enhanced firewall protection on the paid version. Uh, it's going to protect outbound traffic as well. Uh, it's going to stop... Uh, someone from taking remote control of your device uh, without you knowing it. Uh, we have our online shield component. Uh, with online shield, if a user goes to a site they think is safe, if they go to weather.com, they want to see what it's going to be like outside, it'll scan the site for those uh, drive-by downloads or infected banners that could be on the site and protect them from those. Uh, we have layers of email protection that are available through the paid version as well. And uh, a big uh, plus to the paid you know, version for businesses also is the is the tech support that we offer. Uh, we have, for our North American users, we do have free North American tech support uh, that they can call and uh, get help. And, you know, if their device does become infected or if there is an issue, you know, they've got that, uh, yeah, the extra, the extra help available uh, from ABG. One of the features I really enjoy about your corporate product is the dashboard. It provides you with an overview of all the devices out there that are running the antivirus. And you're able to, at a glance, get a picture for if there's someone that continually gets viruses. Perhaps they're not even aware that they're under threat and they're having problems. And it's also letting you know if all of the updates out there are being done. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, that's another huge advantage to going with the business product over the free product is having that central dashboard, uh, being able to actually deploy the antivirus software from one location then instead of having to touch each machine and then to manage all those devices and uh, how the AV is going to work on each of those devices and then have that insight into everyone's machine. I mean, you open up that dashboard, you can see if any devices are infected, you can see if any devices uh, updates are out of date or if there is an issue going on with the machine, you have all that in one central place instead of having to go and check on each machine uh, one by one and have, actually have your hands on those devices. Well, I'd like to wrap this up by satisfying all of you buzzword fanatics out there who'd like me to talk about cloud right now. So what is AVG's uh, cloud solution? Our, our cloud care software, you know, like you said, it is the buzzword. And that does seem to be the way that uh, our industry is going now. And it's a way to centrally manage uh, all of your uh, devices that you have AVG installed on uh, from the cloud. So as long as you have web access, you can access your antivirus software and manage it all from one place, uh, from multiple locations. If maybe your company has uh, sites all over the globe, instead of having to have a person at each location to manage that, you can have it all in one place, all done by one person. And then you, know, you have that same central dashboard that you have with our traditional business products. So you can still have an insight into if anyone has a device that's infected or if anyone's out of date with their virus definitions. You can also deploy other AVG products as well, not just antivirus. So you have control over the antivirus component. Uh, we also have content filtering. Uh, we have an online backup. Uh, we have other products included in CloudCare as well, uh, some email security services uh, that you can also 
actually manage and take control of through the cloud. So you have one location, multiple products that you can manage across any of your locations. And one misconception uh, with the cloud is that, well, if I don't have connections to the internet, then I guess it won't be protected. And that's just not true. You actually still have your antivirus installed on your device. Uh, it's just managed through the cloud. Uh, so that uh, layer of protection, even if you're not connected to the internet, is still going to be on, their, on your machine. And you're still going to have protection even if you're not online. So I want to thank Michael Kraft of AVG Corporation for coming on the podcast today and talking to us. Thank you for having me. If you have questions or comments or suggestions for future podcasts, please go to www.ctobob.com. The opinions of the host and of the guests are their own and may or may not reflect the opinions of this website. This podcast is copyright 2013 and is written and produced by Bob Pelvin. 